0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, January 17th, 2020, and we're already halfway through the first month of the year because it seems like it goes so fast, doesn't it? So we've already seen some volatility, nothing major, but it's all up volatility, it seems like. And of course, the markets are reaching new highs, and I do expect them to fall back. I do, I mean, because I've been doing this so many years, and I know when a market gets, a, gets in its head to rally for you know a straight up for a period of time, there's going to be some kind of pullback. doesn't have to be major, it doesn't have to be frightening, but it usually does come. So, I just think we all should expect it. Now, Justin and I spent a good deal of time helping you get your investment strategies aligned with your risk tolerance. And we talk about it all the time. And, of course, risk tolerance and performance objectives. Some people have way outsized perform performance objectives. You got to be realistic. And it's always an ongoing process You know, determine your strategy, determine what kind of risk you're taking in your portfolio. And it's a learning process to understand what risk is. It's not that simple. But we're all working for the same goal, and that's financial freedom. So I'm glad you're listening today, and you're in good company since we started the InvestTalk podcast way back when. Hold on a second. Excuse me. Had a cough there. Our server data, service uh, server data, shows that we have four hundred fifty thousand downloads per month, which is pretty, I'm pretty, pretty happy with that. And I do appreciate you guys doing listening to the show. I really do downloading listening to the show, and I want to thank you for that. I'm Steve Peasley. I hope you will call me with your investing questions. Remember, this is a call-in show. Your goal is important to me. Your questions are important. You drive the show. I know our all of our desire is to earn enough money to be comfortable in retirement or whatever your shape your retirement takes, that you have enough money not to worry about it anymore, and that's really the goal to get you to that point, whatever that is for you. So our anytime listener line is now open. And you can call your questions. We're live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5. We're live right now, 888-99-CHART, 4 to 5 Pacific Time. You have probably heard that I've scheduled two new consultations since I talk about it almost every day. Um, About one week away, and I'll be on the 24th in Dallas, and that day's pretty full. I might be able to squeeze one more in, but it's up to, you know, we'll see. And and I'll be uh, the following week, Monday and Tuesday, I'll be in New York, the 28th and 29th. Tuesday and Wednesday. And I'm visiting a couple of relatives over the weekends in Dallas. So that's why I'm doing it that way. Okay, and it's all about trying to help you, you know, get your asset portfolio balanced, your your risk the uh, risks of the the risks that you're taking match what you want to take, to help you get to the point where you're you're comfortable with your portfolio and you're not going to freak out if the market goes down. You're not going to you're just going to be very content and let it go, uh, and understand what risk you're taking. That's all it says about help you get to there and understand where you should be. Maybe you don't even know what risk you should be taking, and you want to get some kind of help, uh, guiding that. Now, I do that all the time. You know, tell people, no, you're taking too much risk. No, you're not taking enough risk. <laughs> but, you know, it's always with your the your comfort your comfort zone in mind. What's comfortable for you? So that that's what I do. So if you want to meet with me, time to register, right? You can do it right now at investtalks.com. Just send, send me an email. Say that's what you want. Okay. Go to the, you can start on the portfolio review page if you like and send it from there. But there's a lot of places you can send me an email on my website. My main talking point today concerns this particular piece. Big changes are coming to healthcare in 2020. Now, we know that the cost of healthcare affects everybody, every American here, and there are new trends. One thing that frustrates me the most about healthcare is nobody knows how much things cost. Do you ever know? Okay, you go in for a minor surgery for something, you know how much it's going to cost? No. You go for a major surgery. Know how much it's going to cost? No. You can never forget how much things are going to cost. So you, the buyer of the service, has no clue. And I heard the other day that some a doctor said, uh, I don't know how much the surgery that I perform costs. He doesn't even know because he doesn't set the price. So that's kind of frustrating, I think. It's one of the things I think the changes need to be. And they are working toward it. So we'll talk about that. We really will. Now, I've got some other interesting things I want to talk about. Bankers returning to bad lending practices. Remember the 2008, I'll loan in 2006, 7, and 8, I'll loan the banks loaning anybody any amount of money to buy a house, no matter what, whether they can pay it back or not. Don't care, no docs, no documents required to qualify for a half a million dollar loan. Well, I want to talk about that. Where is the hottest home buying market going to be for the next 10 years? Where? Do you think you know? I bet you you don't. I will tell you. And how about talking about some statistics that are out this week? There's some pretty interesting statistics, and even some out this morning that I, I think you need to talk about. I might go over a little bit in our, because every Friday we go over the newsletter, and I, I wrote about those in there. We might do that from there too. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. But of course, you drive the show with your calls. And since we have a caller on the line, let's go there first. Let's go to Paul, who lives in Upper Michigan. How you doing, Paul?
2: Good. How are you, Steve?
1: I'm good. Thank you for the call.
2: I'm calling about pins, Pinterest, P-I-N-S. Thinking about buying it. Um, I've been reading some good things about it, and I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it.
1: Sure. Pinterest, Inc., everybody. Um, Let's see. It It provides a visual discovery platform that helps users to discover ideas for various projects and interests. Okay, uh, Pinterest is finally going to make money this year. They haven't made money yet. I don't know if you know that, but they have not made money yet, but they'll make money for the first time this year. The stock is selling at $23 a share. It bottomed about, what, seventeen fifty or so in December, and now it's moved up to 23 And that's a pretty huge move in that short period of time, percentage-wise. That's a big move. It's only going to make $0.07. Don't think it's going to make a lot of money. It's not, but it has turned to profits. And you know me, Paul, if you've been listening to me any length of time, you know I tell people don't buy a company until it makes money. Uh, I don't like buying companies that don't make money. So this one is now going to make money. And the sales growth is pretty strong, 40 to 50% the last four quarters in a row. Each quarter growing their sales 50% or more. It's a $13 billion company and doing about only about a billion to, uh, a year in sales. So the, on that basis, it's pretty expensive. On the PE basis, it's pretty expensive. But on the sales, you know, the sales are, are very strong. So you could buy this on a momentum basis, Paul. But on the fundamentals, it's way overpriced. But it will probably stay that way as long as sales continue to grow so it's been okay. moving up pretty sharply just recently so if you're going yeah, to do it right. just bear in mind it's a ride you know it's a it's a roller coaster ride right now up you know so okay. just be careful okay paul okay great appreciate the call thank you appreciate it thank you no problem you're listening to invest talk i'm steve Peasley and we present this program with five new shows each weekday monday through friday and it's broadcast and streamed live in the four o'clock hour pacific time and whenever you have investment questions, I encourage you to contact me or Justin Klein at KPP Financial or explore our podcast library. You can reach, listen, and subscribe. Please take a second to rate the Investop podcast at iTunes or Spotify or Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART.
3: this is invest talk we are only days away from steve Peasley's dallas texas consultation trip that'll be on friday january 24th and tell your investor friends that steve will then travel on to new york city for portfolio review consultations on january 28th and 29th you can learn more and register now at investtalk.com the phone lines are open Steve and Justin welcome your investing questions. Call now 888 99 Chart.
1: 888 99 Chart, everybody. 888 992 4278. You're listening to Vest Talk. I do really appreciate it. We had some economic news. So, uh, you know, I thought, you know, I always like to bring economic news to your attention, stuff that I think is important. And once a week, I'm going to at least talk about the treasury, that yield curve. The 10-year treasury at 1.84, the two-year treasury at 1.57. So it's a normal yield curve where the two-year pays less than the 10-year. We're watching, and you should always watch to see if that inverts. It did invert a couple, three months ago. And that's as a big red flag, but it stayed there very shortly and then turned right around. So I don't think it's that bad. Gold is at 1557 an ounce. It's doing pretty well. And oil is at $58 a barrel. Now, I'll tell you, in history, when you had the thing that happened with Iran and the U.S. and bombing and the attacking the uh, embassies in Iraq, you know, that if that happened in the past, oil would have spiked up. Now, with us being independent, oil does not move very much. It did move up, but it came right back down. And that tells you something that we no longer, that, that the reason why it's telling you that is because we no longer are reliant on that part of the world for, for our energy supply. And that's a good thing. Gasoline on national average, $2.56 nationally, $3.53 here in the U.S. It's always a buck more or more here in the U.S. So it's pretty frustrating. If you live in the U.S., and it's frustrating for me because I know what the costs are everywhere else, but maybe... People in California don't know that they're getting ripped off. But they are. The new new jobs report is out that there are 6.8 million job openings unfilled. Okay, that's many jobs are out there that are not filled. That's about the same amount of total people not working, unemployed. That's interesting stat. The newest consumer sentiment reading has been released, 99.1 down a bit. Based on jobs and wages, consumers may feel slightly less confident. I don't think they should, but they, they might. Anyways, but that's some of the stats we have. I have more stats. We'll talk about that later. We're going to first go to talk to Matt in New York.
2: How are you doing, Matt? Hello. How are you doing, Steve?
1: How's everything going? I'm doing great. It's, good. it's great. I appreciate the call. Thank you.
2: No problem. So I had a quick question here. So I understand that we're in a yield environment mm-hmm. currently right now, and um, a lot of investors are like searching for yield. So I understand uh, yes. um, people are looking for dividends and values. So um, I do understand that dividend dividend yields come are derived from the price of the stock, and then that just gets divided up from um, percentages of the four of the four quarters. But however, looking mm-hmm. trying to compare money market funds and ETFs. I noticed that there was an Mm -hmm. SEC, I was wondering if you can explain the SEC 7-day and 30-day yield, and if you can explain to me if, I noticed like SPY, for instance, their ETF has a 1.69 dividend yield, and it also has a 7- to 30-day SEC yield of 2%, so do you get interest on both of of those, or like, I was wondering if you can clear the smoke with me on that.
1: No, no. Uh, one one of them is a long term of looking looking at a year, looking back a year, and how much how much yield they got. And the other one is what the yield is right this second. So it depends on how. You know everybody can talk about things differently, you know. So you got to really understand. Well, how are you coming up with those numbers? And when I talk on the. Radio the yields I'm talking about, and when they're talking about dividends or an ETF or a bond yield, it's always, you know, what they're going to pay. um, If it's a stock, what they paid the last year based on today's stock price and the amount of money they paid this whole twelve last 12 months in dividend and what that yield produces. So you always got to figure out how they're calculating it. And you can't just, you know... most time is pretty clear cut but not always. Matt appreciate the call. Thank you. Probably didn't answer that question very well. You're listening to Invest Talk and whenever you have an investment question, I encourage you to contact me or Justin Klein at KPP Financial. We'll be happy to answer. 888-99 chart give us a call.
3: This is Invest Talk. We're in a new year and the markets have already shown some volatility. But you can remain calm. Steve Peasley is here, ready to answer your questions and provide his unbiased investing guidance. The phone lines are open, so call now 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. Time to give me a call. I'd
1: love to talk to you. You're listening to Invest Talk. And, you know, whenever you have uh, investment questions, I encourage you to contact me or Justin Klein. I really do. So, and, you know, you can go to investtalk.com or just call our, our 800 number. Anyways, my main talking point today concerns uh, uh, this article about big changes coming in the healthcare system in 2020. Politically, they're p- politics, they're pushing for price transparency. And I, as I mentioned earlier, that's one thing that frustrates me the most, is you really don't know how much things cost. You know, I, My, for instance, my wife had some knee surgery a few years ago, and we asked the doctor how much it's going to cost, and he said, oh, $25,000, 30000 But you didn't really don't know. You it, and it actually costs a lot more than that. But, you know, he really didn't even know. Doctors don't even have control of what those costs are. They don't know because they got you know, the, they got all the hospital stay and the time they don't know how much the the bed is you know, all these different things is very frustrating. But the US Department of Health and Human Services recently issued new rules which will bring aggressive universal uniformity to nationwide costs. We'll see how that works out. That's one of the things that's changing. Another thing that's changing healthcare <clears throat> Another thing that changes is, well, you, you you can see it at Walmart. Healthcare per, 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 uh, given by uh, more consumer as a consumer product, you know, as opposed to healthcare. You go into Walmart, you can get, you know, a, a flat fee and you get checked by a doctor and maybe get some medicine, whatever you need, you know, if you have the flu or something or cold or whatever you need, need to take care of. That's probably going to continue to grow, that kind of service. Over the years, come coming, um, so I think that the couple of main changes we're probably going to get more robotics uh, coming as to you know um, treatments. You know, there's you can some of this some of the stuff that might be easy could be done by a machine, but those machines are very expensive. So those are the kinds of things I think we're going to see coming. Over the next, you know, ten, twenty years, and I, 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 you know, ten years at least, and some of these are good. I think the transparency issue is probably the biggest one for me. You know, trying to figure out well how much things cost. You now why don't we know? I mean, okay, you're going to have your lectomy. How much does that cost? Eight thousand four hundred ninety-two dollars. Okay, you can't get any price for that. You, well, you know, you'll get a range, and why? So I can see if, well, if there's complications, it might cost more. But what if it's just a simple procedure, that's it, boom. A simple setting of a bone that's you know, broken. Your kid's bone. A kid breaks his bone. Okay, how much is that? That kind of thing. Anyways. Okay, let's squeeze in another question on a call. A caller came in earlier. This uh, came in, I don't know, one, a day or so ago. 888-99-CHART.
2: Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Sam from Tyler, Texas. I was calling about Snapchat, S-N-A-P. I invested a few hundred dollars last year, and from last year to a little bit before this year, it had gone up 212%. I had made some good money and I sold, but it looks like it's still going up. I was wondering if you guys think I should reinvest and if you guys think it's going to keep going up. And if it goes up at the same rate, should I invest? More money because I was thinking about maybe investing like eighty percent of my savings into it or I, I don't know. I just thought I would ask. Thank you guys for the for the show and everything you guys do. I just found it. I'm new to investing and I love it. I, I listen to it every day at work. Thank you guys. Bye.
1: Well, first of all, congratulations on picking Snapchat and riding the ride from the bottom to the top. That's great. Now, one of the, one a new person's one of the most common mistakes for a new person is to get out too soon, and then have regrets and try to get back in. This that's this is fear and greed at play. At play, first you were a little fearful that you were going to lose money, and you want you wanted to you wanted to take that profit. Nothing wrong with that. Now you're greedy. You think it's going to continue to do the same thing. Stocks don't do that. Now can it continue to go up? Of course, but you the, right now it's at a new 52-week high. Has been for the last few days. It's had a great run. The company is just strictly going up on momentum. And what you should have done is you should have done a trend line or some kind of method to if it drops below it, that's when you sell. Have a method. There's nothing wrong with taking profits. I don't want you to think that was wrong. It was not wrong. But it is wrong to try to get back in the exact same stock because it's gone higher. That's wrong thinking. First of all, there's no valuation of the stock. They don't make money. Snapchat, they do not. They do not make money. Okay? So, uh, they lose money. So, it's all about momentum. All about momentum. So, there's a way to trade those, and you have to learn how to do that. Okay? But don't get into it. Don't don't go back into it. Okay, my most uh, most investors understand that a person's credit score can be a very large have a very large impact on their ability to obtain credit cards and get credit, right? So, let's go to break, here's my financial trivia question. For 2019, what was the average FICO credit score in the United States? And which generation had the highest credit scores? I'll have that answer for you on uh, for right when we get back.
3: This is InvestTalk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And this philosophy is why KPP Financial can be of great value to investors. KPP principals Steve Feasley and Justin Klein are committed to unbiased guidance. They don't upsell clients into expensive and questionable investments, instead Steve and Justin provide honest opinions and proven strategies based on the individual's current portfolio and risk tolerance. Working with KPP Financial, you can be assured of consistent dedication toward the goal of helping you achieve financial freedom. You can get things started with a phone call or a simple message through investtalk.com.
0: Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Contact KPP Financial.
3: It's Friday. The weekend is here, or almost here for most people. The markets have been more than interesting, and you want and need unbiased investing guidance. You're in luck. Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve. 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Welcome back, everybody. Before, Before the break, I asked a trivia question. Okay, for 2019, what was the average FICO credit score in the United States, and which generation had the highest credit scores? Now, a good credit score is essential for obtaining loans, right? You know that. Getting auto loans, mortgage loans, and credit cards. Credit score evaluations vary based on the particular credit scoring model involved in the calculation. The FICO score model, for example, uh, for example, is used in 90% of the U.S. lending decisions. 90%. So the FICO score is pretty important. 2019, the average FICO score in the U.S. hit a record of 703. Millennials, millennials' average FICO score uh, they rose 25 points since 2012. Generally, the older you are, the higher your credit score. And the silent generation, those old people, 74 plus, which is, you know, I'm getting close to that. I don't have that many more years to go. Uh, uh, they have the highest, 756. Generation Z, okay, in case you don't know who that is. That's age 20, 18 to 22, they have the lowest, 677. So this is how the FICO score ranges work out. 30 to 579, it's considered very poor credit score. The 300, I'm not 30, 300 to 579. 580 to 669 is fair. 670 to 739 is good. 740 to 799 is very good. So anything above 740 is very good. Anything above 800 is excellent. That's FICO. Do you know what you have? Frankly, I don't know what mine is. I haven't borrowed money in so long. I don't I don't know. I don't know what it is. I never checked it. Maybe I should. Let's go ahead and grab another caller question from our voice bank. This came in earlier at 888-99 chart. Hi
4: Steve. Hi Justin. This is Bruce from New York. Great show. Been listening to you guys for almost ten years. I wanted to get your thoughts about a general retirement question. In the past, it was common wisdom for an employee to make regular 401K contributions instead of Roth 401K contributions if he or she were in a higher tax bracket, had many years to retirement, and you thought that your tax rate in retirement would be lower. What if the situation was different and you were about five years from retirement? we're now only in the 22% tax bracket currently and thought tax rates were going to go back up when the current tax law expires and the current tax rates expire in 2026. Does it make sense to switch from a regular 401k to a Roth 401k in that situation? Thanks very much. Great show.
1: Well, maybe. I would think so with the example you gave me. The when when you're older, you're generally making the higher income. That's the assumption, and the higher income meaning you're in a higher tax bracket. But if you're older and you're in a lower tax bracket, and you don't absolutely need every penny, I, I might be smarter to put it in the Roth. Remember, at Roth you never have to take out, and all the growth you never have to pay taxes on. Whereas a regular IRA at age 70 and, half, 70 and a half, you have to start taking it out. And whatever tax rate bracket you're in at that age, when you have Social Security, your IRA or you know, um, withdrawals, and if you're working part-time, all that income, and if the tax rate goes back up, it might be smarter to put the Roth in the last few years. But it's pretty individual. You have to kind of sit down and think about it as to what's best for you and to try and make some guesses like you are about the tax rate might go up and it might and i wanted to thank you for listening for all those years and i know you've called off and on i appreciate that thank you okay uh the kpp premium newsletter was distributed today to all the subscribers and it's packed with help with helpful information as i do every week i try to pack it with helpful information First section is market conditions. And two significant events happened this week. I put in there. Phase one of the U.S.-China trade deal was signed. And so was the renegotiated Mexico-Canada-U.S. trade agreement. Those two things happened. Those are significant things. And probably why the market rallied this week. I mean, that was a good... Those two things are a good reason for a market rally. I mean that's what's going to help us. And by the way, do you know who our our biggest trading partners are? You know, uh, they are Canada, Mexico, and China. China's third. China is third. So our partners to the north and to the south, our trading partners, are much more important than China, and we finally got that deal signed. It could have been signed a long time ago because it was negotiated a long time ago, but you know, regardless, it's signed now, and it's going to be very beneficial for all three countries over time. <clears throat> now that was in the first section of the you know I talked about the CPI and PPI inflation and all that kind of stuff too the and I also mentioned the 204,000 number of unemployment claims which is uh, fallen for six weekly unemployment claims have fallen six weeks in a row and that's very low 204,000 in the portfolio management section um, I talked about asset allocation uh, saying it's a bit more complicated than investors usually realize. Uh, you know, you, you, gotta allocate to a particular, whatever your strategy is and divide your investment portfolios among various asset classes. I mean, you gotta, it's not just, well, I'll just buy this. It's not. You gotta, it, it it's more understanding what you're doing. It's not that simple. It really isn't. Anyways, and you have to understand what aggressive is. What does moderate means? What does conservative mean? When it comes to asset allocation, how much in bonds? How much in cash? How much in stocks? How much in real estate? You know what? You gotta understand all that. Stock ideas. I mentioned a top tier non-asset based third party logistics provider. <clears throat> logistics for you know freight and railroad and. Those kind of things, big big company. I also highlighted a company that develops and sells switching, routing, security-related software products and services for the networking industry. <clears throat> so those were then that. And finally, Consumer Watch. I talked about the FICO scores in there, just as I talked about earlier, and what they mean, and how do you. How it's how they're weirdly constructed because remember they were never these FICO scores these credit scores were never designed for you the consumer they were designed for banks okay so how they construct them is how the banks would like to see them constructed not for you and that means that you know for instance how your you can lower your scores and you can lower your score by cutting up one of your credit cards and canceling it. Do you realize that it will lower your score? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't seem you would think it wouldn't, huh? But it does. So weird things like that can affect your credit score. So in summation, there's usually a lot of information in the newsletter, premium newsletter comes out every week. And you can easily subscribe to it directly through investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you can receive the full report each Friday directly in your inbox. Now, is this, if this information raised any questions in your mind, I encourage you to reach out to me or Justin and ask questions. We want to talk to you. Call our Irvine, California office if you like, and that number is 800-557-5461. We don't give it out very much. 800-557-5461. That's a direct line into our office in Irvine, California. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley and you're listening to Invest Talk. 2019 was a pretty good darn year for Invest Talk and KPP Financial. And for the record, we had a great year for downloads on our podcast. And we really, really appreciate it. We're up 19 and a half bill, million of them. That was great. Justin and I thank you for that. And please continue to tell your friends and family about it, about investtalk.com, Invest Talk, the radio show, and the podcast. Appreciate that. And, of course, you can call our Anytime Listener line, leave investment and market questions there. We'll answer them on the radio show and podcast. But you can also reach out to Justin and myself, you know, investtalk.com. Send me an email. Or by calling our you know KPP financial office, as I said, in Irvine, California. Okay? And now
3: we're live. Give me a call. 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about Parallel Investing and the other KPP financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART.
2: Hi, my name is Dave. I'm in Vancouver, Washington, calling about a stock CCL. That's Charlie Charlie Lima. Thinking about buying a little of this. Thank you much. That's Dave.
1: Okay, C-C-L, C-C-L. Come on, computer, speed up. Okay, C-C-L. Carnival Corporation operates cruise vacations, 103 ships under 10 brands, servicing North America, Asia, Australia, and Europe. They make money, they've made money for years and years and years, they've grown their earnings year after year, it's a big company, $37 billion in size, sales are growing between 7 and 12%, last four quarters in a row, and they've been growing their sales for years. They pay a 3.9% dividend, and it's recently, uh, it, hold on, let me pull this up over here too, okay, slow computer today everybody, bear with me, <coughs> It recently bottomed in October, about forty, and today it's at fifty-one ninety. So, is it a reasonable price? And the answer is yes. They're going to make four dollars and eighty-eight cents into the fifty-one dollar company, fifty-one dollar ninety-cent stock. Okay. So we're talking about a company that's what eleven, twelve PE, five-year range is nine to twenty-two, return on equity is twelve percent. I think it's a. I think it's a good buy. I think that's a decent price. Now, of course, it would have been a better price at 40 back in October, but you can't pick bottoms. It's almost impossible to pick bottoms. Right now it's hitting a little bit of resistance in the low 50s here. I think it's going to hit some, it's going to have a harder time going higher. Um, but it's still a good price. And you're going to get 3.9% dividend yield while you're waiting for it to continue up. Kind of like it. Again, that's CCL, carnival corporation, everybody. Uh, bankers returning to bad lending practices, what do I mean? Well, jumbo $1 million mortgages, You can. some banks are starting to offer them with as little as down 10% down. And FICO, as long as your FICO score was above 760, they'll still give it to you. But 10% down on a million-dollar loan, usually you have to put 20% down. 30 to 40% down, you can get a $3 million loan. That's also not too smart. It's not enough. At least it's not as strict as it used to be. They're lightening up the strictures. You know, this is how they got in trouble before. They kept loosening and loosening and loosening. Okay, and that's just not. And there's one bank out there I saw lending, uh, will lend you $2 million with a FICO score of 640. Remember what I just said about FICO scores? What was 640? Okay, six forty was fair, and they're going to lend somebody to you know offer lend somebody two million dollars based on a fair credit score. Not good, fair. See, they this is how you get in trouble as a bank. You start loose, loosen standards because you're competing, and that's why they're loosening standards. They're competing for those loans. They want those loans, and you know, and if they this is how you it's a slippery slope. You know, and the reason being is everybody's, you know, the, the, everybody's got a job. You know, every, the economy looks great. Everything looks great right now. And this is how you get in trouble. They make these bad loans and then a recession hits two, three, four years down the road. These people can't pay the loan. All of a sudden, their banks are in trouble. What happens when the banks are in trouble? They stop lending. What happens when money stops flowing in the economy? Recession. Deeper recession. It feeds on itself. Feeds on itself. Bad. Okay. Um, Where is the hottest home buying market in the United States? Do you have any idea? It's not on either coast. Aha. Hint, hint. Not on either coast. Did you see the housing starts this morning? Up big. Housing starts were up big. Uh, meaning builders are pretty darn confident. They're willing to start building new houses. They haven't sold them yet, but they're willing to build build them. Housing starts are up, and you know that reflects a very healthy housing market going into 2019. And I've told you, I've told you back in December that I think 2019 is going to be a pretty decent housing market. It won't be as hot uh, as... You know, as it has been, it's still just going to be healthy. And I think it's still going to be healthy. I think it's going to be healthy. It's always healthy when you have full employment. It usually is. But where is going to be the hottest housing market for the next 10 years? Again, it's not on either coast. I'll have that answer for you before the end of the show. And we are going into the last segment of the show. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, and I always mention it every show, a couple times, and that is for you to help you achieve financial freedom, okay? So, the work will continue after this break. So, get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART.
3: This is Invest Talk. The markets have certainly been interesting, but the threat of damaging volatility is ever-present. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve is here now taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART.
1: Okay, I said before the break, what's the hottest buying market? What's going to be, according to some mini experts, the hottest buying market in the U.S.? And it's not on either of the coasts. It's Boise, Idaho, number one. Boise, Idaho. I can tell you I know friends that move from California to Idaho. And Idaho, prices are going up fast. <laughs> And prices for homes, new homes, new neighborhoods, building quickly. So, Idaho's number one. Number two is Texas, different parts of Texas, but uh, Texas. And then number three is Tucson, Arizona. Now, my parents retired to Tucson. I have a brother that lives in Tucson. And, you know, it's a nice place. If you like the desert, Tucson's a place to go. I don't care for the desert myself. But they have monsoons there, which is pretty. You wouldn't think so. Being a desert, you wouldn't get a lot of rain. But they get monsoons, and it's kind of an interesting place to be when that happens. But number one is Boise, everybody. Boise, Idaho. So, so let me. Uh, we got one talking point. We got one call we want to get to. This is this call came in earlier at 99 chart.
4: Hi, Steve. Uh, thank you for uh, taking my call. I have a question about Qualcomm Q C O M. In terms of 5G, that's going to be rolling out. They seem to be benefiting from it. And I have a second question in terms of gold, G-O-L-D, Barrack Gold, please. I'd appreciate your
2: insight into this. Thank you for your tips all the time. Thank you.
1: Yeah, Qualcomm made a new 52-week high today. That's nice. Um, up 4.4% today. And they will they are will benefit from the rollout of the 5G. They're gonna make four dollars and twenty-one cents this year, 2020, and they're scheduled to make forty-five percent more next year, six dollars and twelve cents. And that's all about five G. Uh, and they're a ninety-five dollar stock. So at, at that price, we're talking about a fifty, yeah, you know, sixty-one plus thirty. So you're talking about seven, 16, $17, eighteen PE. Return on equity is really high for Qualcomm, 151%. My wife bought Qualcomm in 1999 on my recommendation. She knew nothing about stocks. She had a little IRA. She said, what company should I buy? I said, well, I like Qualcomm. She's owned it ever since. It's never, ever sold. When my wife buys a stock, you know, she- she I give her something to buy. She'll buy it and then never touch it. So I got to be careful what when I, when I suggest that she buys with her little bit of money that she invests. And she's done quite well. Quite well. Yeah, so you can't argue with her. She's done very, very well. Anyway, so Qualcomm's a good stock. Gold, I told you before. I told everybody earlier this year and then even late last year. Uh, and during the last year, I said we own gold and we still do have gold in our portfolios. Um, GLD is the symbol for gold. Um, and it has popped up to a new 52 week high in the last four or five days. It's kind of now basing again. Uh, do I think it's still going to go up? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm not a big gold person, but I just think, I don't think it's done. I think it's just retracting a little bit from being overbought, but uh, I do. I think it's going to go up. Why do I think it's going to go up? Because I still think. Even though there's no evidence of it, I still think we're going to have some inflation. Not a lot, just some. I also think the dollar has peaked. And I think that, I think finally it won't keep running up, which it has done. Now, mind you, our economy is really good and it has every justification to run up. But I think we're finally going to see some other Countries and currencies, the euro and the China and Japanese yen. I think we're going to see some improvement in those countries, so that put the brakes on the dollar. Not because we're doing poorly or anything; it's just that they're finally doing better. That's what I think, and I think we're going to have turmoil in the world. So that those three things kind of help gold. So I think you can always say there's going to be turmoil in the world, right? I mean that goes without saying, but I think that. But I think the dollar is finally peaked. That's one of the main reasons. And I do think we're going to get some inflation. We had so low inflation, it just makes sense that our average inflation over many, many years is 3%. And we're running at below 2. I'm just betting that this is gonna go back to the average. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest program. Monday is a holiday, and the markets will all be closed. But we have a prepared highly informative best of program, so don't you can still turn in if you tune in if you want. It will be posted as a downloadable podcast as well. Next week I will be on the road traveling first to Dallas. Remember, I'll be going uh, to Dallas on Friday, January 24th, and uh, New York City the 28th and 29th. Still have slots open in New York, everybody. There are more register soon, you know do it right now. You gotta do it pretty quick, because I'm gonna be out of town later on.